Here goes. Welcome back to the group chat of Waffle. This is the second episode of the group chat of Waffle podcast. Uh, you are joined by only three of us this week. Me, Jack, and Charlie and Abby. If you two just want to say hello. Hello. Basically, um, Reese was meant to join us, but I don't know what's happened with him. Ed may join later on. Hold on, I'm going to burp again. Jesus. And um, Cody and Lewis are not feeling very well. And uh, Tom Jack is doing his own the, thing. Jack Tom failed the thing. McDonald's test. And I failed the McDonald's test. I had a McDonald's just before recording. And I'm burping like no one's business. Anyway, mm-hmm. this one is obviously the second episode. If you watched the first episode, I just want to say thank you so much. We hit over 160 streams on all platforms, which for our first episode is mind-boggling. It's brilliant. It's it's great, and I can't I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, what are your thoughts, then? You two. Oh, well, it's pretty it's pretty good, really, because we didn't expect it to pick up as as much as it did. Obviously, as you could tell, like we were quite nervous, mm. especially at the beginning. Just because none of us has any experience whatsoever in doing this type of media, yeah. so yeah, you know, yeah. It's... I think having like people on Twitter already know us and supporting us, it really did come off as like a wow. Yeah, it, it's it's been um, absolutely magnificent. The support. I'm gonna burp again. What the fuck? Oh fucking hell. Um, sorry, pardon me. You may hear me burping because obviously I had a McDonald's beforehand and a Coke Zero really does. Uh, let's say make you burp. <laughs> anyway, uh, Abby, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I got I tried to get as many people to listen to the podcast as possible, and the feedback that I got was nothing but positive. Just oh, you know, like Jack's voice is so smooth, and you know, y'all really have good, you know. Uh, dialogue and actually when I went when I went to go speak to uh, my flatmate's boyfriend he actually said that he'd heard of us which is really insane to hear from someone like in person that he has heard of our of our podcast before because he's on Twitter so it was pretty cool to hear that how's he he heard of us he's on Twitter what's his art I I didn't ask, but he was like, "Oh yeah, I've heard of them, lads. Yeah, like what the hell? I, I like he was saying that he used to do podcasts and that he he heard of us and um I was speaking to him about the podcast and I'm like, yeah, this is our podcast, Great Trip to Waffle, and he's like, yeah, I've heard of them. So yeah, that was a really cool experience this week. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. Um, well, shout out to him then. Anyway, oh Charlie's and oh Charlie's been moved into general. Anyway, uh, yeah, Charlie's Charlie was just moved into the general uh, voice chat then. But anyway, he's back. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Just had to kick my sky router. No, everything's working again. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that was in, that's insane to hear. Um, Abby's flatmate's boyfriend's heard of us before we even we even. Released our first episode, I'm guessing. Oh. So, yeah, that's insane to hear. Anyway, so I just want to thank everyone who's listened. Your support is brilliant. It's some of the 
kind tweets. We even had some we we even had some constructive criticism, which is what we need. It's obviously I did have someone DM me with some criticism, and then proceeded to say, "Oh, oh, can you get me on?" I'm like, "No, don't even know who you are." Anyway, uh, so that, that's not particularly. Uh, that wasn't particularly a great uh, feedback to get. But yeah, we it's it's been positive and I love it and it's great and all the tweets I've come in, all the messages I've had have been absolutely wonderful and I just can't thank all you guys enough. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy this one. We're gonna go. I'm just gonna discuss some of the topics that we are gonna touch on today. Okay, I'm gonna burp <laughs> again. Fucking hell! Right. So basically. Some of the topics we are going to talk about, we're going to talk about last week's football, which we touched upon last week. Obviously, Preston played Blackburn, more on that in a minute. Uh, Fulham played Everton. He also played Burnley last night. I'm going to play yep. again. Oh, for God's sake. Um, Cody's West Brom played Man United. And Villa played, was it Brighton? Brighton, yeah, it was 0-0. No, no. Yeah. So basically, and uh, obviously we're going to discuss a tweet that has been causing quite controversial stuff, uh, mainly because it's fucking stupid. And also, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to say this, you're going to be getting quite a big rant today, talking about uh, the uh, the Australian songwriter, singer, Sia's new film, Music. And uh, obviously, to help end on a positive note, I've got something to talk about at the end, which has literally just happened. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I hope you stick around, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. So anyway, first things first, let's talk about the football. Uh, so starting Lancashire off with Derby. the Lancashire Derby. Uh, some would say I was wrong, and some would say I was right. I was right about Adam Armstrong scoring. But I definitely wasn't right about us winning. <laughs> um, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty good though, weren't it? I mean, Blackburn, they were poor on the day, I've got to be honest. But like, still, you good counter-attack inside and you kept them out for most of the game. Yeah, it was. Uh, we started off very strong. We seemed to have dominated the midfield. And we and their defence their defense never really got settled. Uh, they looked very shaky, loads of mistakes. Even their goalkeeper came out like two or three times. It seemed like the goalkeeper didn't trust the defence at all. And uh, it it was starting to get... You know, you could sense that there were nerves from Blackburn. And it's making me think, how the fuck did we lose the fir- the home tie? Like, the first game. How did we lose it? Mainly, I mean, now looking back, we were poor, we were dejected, and I, we, would, we, we, just, we just weren't up for it. But this game, it's the opposite. We were absolutely up for it. We... It, you could tell it meant something to their players this time round, and with players like Ben Pearson, and you know, I'm not going to say Ben Davis never cared; he did care. But with new, these new players like Ben Whiteman, Ryan Ledson, who's not new, he's but he, new into the team basically, like Ben Whiteman, uh, Ryan Ledson, Liam Lindsay, Chad Evans. Chad Evans was brilliant. Like all of these new signings and these new players that have come into the fold this season have been absolutely magnificent and. You could tell it meant something to them. Like, 
I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say Ben Pearson never cared, but you could tell him that. Like, you could tell that his look. He didn't. He started to not truly care. And yeah. Thing, yeah. One thing that they don't tell you about living as a Preston fan is that when they score, you're going to get ear-shattering cheers. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um. So basically, me, Charlie. We're on a Discord call along with Cody as well, and uh, Abby was in the room whilst I was watching it, and we were all watching the game together. And you could say that I got a bit too happy, and I just want to talk about the man Greg Cunningham, who I'm going to get onto later about something else. Uh, he's that his first start for the club, his first game for the club since. He left in, I'm going to say June 2020, at uh, June 2018, he went to Cardiff. Man, that ball, I think it might have been July actually, but that ball, for, but ball, the ball that was played to him by Alan Brown on the right, just whipped it across to him on the left, and then out, I think it, I think it just creeps inside the box, he just twats it with his left foot. And it goes into the bottom corner. And when I say that, I never expected that to go in. Because Kaminsky is actually a really good goalkeeper. He's one, probably one of the best keepers in the championship, if not the best. Uh, I never really expected that to go in. And <laughs> the fact that it went in, I was in utter, utter disbelief. And then uh, I think from then on, because that goal came so early, we seem to have just controlled it. Controlled the first half. We never re we really nullified Blackburn's attacking uh, prowess, and th their defence and midfield was very shaky. We started to dominate them in the midfield, and I feel like that's where games are won in the midfield. And I've never really seen a dominant midfield performance like that in ages. So I'm so glad we we won that. And then obviously, uh, I, I hate to be rambling on still, like. But the second goal, beautiful cross by Ryan Letson into Liam Lindsay, who just heads it in. You know, Liam Lindsay's been outstanding in the past two games. He's really like I think obviously this is this is a man who's not played a competitive game for over a year. And he's coming in like he's coming in like he's been here for like years. He's been he's been sensational in the past two games. Yeah, we lost to Watford, but He's, he was still solid, and it was it was a dodgy pen against what? Yeah, very very soft, if not at all. But I would say overall it was a pretty good performance. Yeah, well, then Brad Potts came on, and then I <laughs> lost interest in the game. But yeah, uh, staying on the Blackburn game, the, the penalty it was clever from Sam Gallagher to go down. Andrew Hugh, Andrew Hughes perhaps shouldn't have stuck his leg out. But Sam Gallagher made sure to get contact. And they got a pen. And Adam Armstrong scored it. And then the second half, the the way we should have put the game to bed in the second half, early in the second half, really annoyed me. And we even had a disallowed goal because uh, it deflected off Ted Evans. Oh. It I think it deflected off Ched Evans. Brad Potts shot outside the box. It deflected off Ched Evans, went in. And uh, it got oh. disallowed because it was offside. Which was fair enough, but we should have put the game to bed earlier. And um, 
Blackburn really started to ramp up the pace and the intensity. And when I say that, I got nervous. Oh, I was shaking. And when Bradley Dak put the ball in the back of the net, I thought it was over. I thought, you know what, it's going to stay a draw. And that got disallowed. And I was so ecstatic. I mean, at the back throughout the, the entire match that I watched, I mean, I'm obviously not watching that much championship football this year, but I know I've heard of Adam Armstrong because of the transfer windows and him being a prolific goal scorer. Yeah. Then I watched Blackburn. I didn't know how, like, I'm not sure if this is just for the, this one game or just for the entire season, but at the back, they just look really, really dysfunctional. Yeah. Uh, like, Blackburn have, I, no think, communication. I think they have one of the worst offensive records in the league. I don't know. I think they do, because I remember when they were winning games at the start of the season, they were still getting seen in quite a few. Mm -hmm. So I was always confident that we'd threaten them, and I thought we'd perform better than we did in the last game, but I never thought we'd perform this well. But, you know, obviously Blackburn brought on Terry Stolen, who looked like he was going to cause something, and then, I mean, I went to high school with the blokes. <laughs> I'm not really going to lambasted him. Uh, uh, he, he, I don't, I don't really think he offered too much. Harvey Elliott looked good for Blackburn, though I would say, but he mm -hmm. did try to do too much. I felt like his lack of experience really came in there. But, yeah, you know, Blackburn performed well in the last fifteen to ten minutes of the game, but they really couldn't get anything because we were just solid defensively. We made sure to keep it tight, keep it, you know, just just nullify any sort of attacking prowess they had. And we defended deep, low block. And, uh, yeah, it paid off. And I'm so glad we won that game. Because I, I couldn't stand Blackburn doing the double over us. I'd say you're a more better, well-rounded team in terms of, like, I feel like Blackburn, from what I saw, they're too top-heavy in the sense of they've got an outstanding counter-attack in that team, but in terms of the defence, it's just not... It, that's like lower half of the table defence compared to like a top-half playoffs attack. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, though, I thought... I know Blackburn are a good side. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. They're a good side, and um, I genuinely thought they'd, they'd probably beat us again, but... This five back formation with the new players in it, and Greg Cunningham back in the side, and Brown back in the team, obviously with being injured, you know, signed a new deal. Now the club captain, you could set, you could sense that we were really up for it. And I just want to give a shout out to Chad Evans. I know he's probably not going to be listening, but hmm. I would. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna bullshit or anything. But I genuinely wasn't impressed with us signing him. Mainly on a moral and footballing front. You know, the stuff he did in his life. That he, I mean, he's been cleared innocent. He's been declared innocent. And I don't want to get into this. But it did sort of affect my judgment on him. Mm -hmm. Like, with him being guilty and then innocent, it did affect my judgment on him. And then, um, on a footballing front, I thought he was no good for the championship. But... He's come in, absolutely. He's 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 a grafter, and I love him. And he's got that he's got that he's got an instinct about him. And he probably should have scored twice against Watford. Yeah, but you know you can't score every game. 
and uh you know chad evans he, he's a real workhorse and i'm so glad we've signed him now he's really making me eat my own words i'm so glad for him he's he's probably the one signing that i wasn't really impressed with in a long time supporting north end but you know good on him absolutely good on him i'm so glad he's doing well yeah anyway uh just want to introduce tom who's joined the call you want to come close to your mic, mate? Yeah, sorry, I'm on my phone, so again, <laughs> that's my excuse for more for my in case my audio is poor. But, but yeah, anyway, Tom's here now, and um, yeah, talking of Tom, past and, uh, yeah, talking readings. Yeah, talking of Tom, we're gonna get onto Fulham now. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. You can uh, you can oh, lead on oh, as well. Yes. Alright, well, I'll I'll do like a pre-like warning disclaimer. My connectivity is currently not very good, so if I do suddenly cut out, uh, that's why. But uh, yeah, moving on to the Premier League, it's it was a game where going into it, we obviously we had Major starting for the first time because yeah. he he came on as a sub against West Ham in that nil-nil draw, but. We went into the Everton game. I've got to be honest, my optimism was an extreme low because, you know, we haven't really looked like a side that can score a couple of goals and then take points away from a really top side like Everton. But then Magic proves me wrong, turns up, scores two goals, and we go away with a clean sheet and three points, which is makes a change from uh, your average... Yeah, makes a change from the average nil-nil or 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah, yeah. You... yeah. I I saw the it was the first goal that attacking play from the left hand side between Adamola Luckman and Ola Aina. I don't know how you say his name. Aina, yeah. Aina. Yeah. Basically, that that attacking play down the left hand side was brilliant. Like, and Madja yeah. had that positioning and instinct to be in that right place at the right time. So, what what are your mm. thoughts, Tom? Yeah, exactly that. Oh, you keep cutting out, mate. Another player I'd like to give a massive shout-out to, who I've been raving about all season, God's sake, so shout-out to after that win, Harrison Reed. Because every time I've seen him play this season, I thought well, he's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I've always... And when we got him, I always backed him... Well, on a, when we got him on a permanent, that is. I've always backed him to, to make that step up to the Premier League without too many issues. And for me, he's done just that, and I think, and I think if we stay up, I think he's going to be a what one of a general, one of our best mid, midfielders at this club years to come. Yeah, he, I remember when he first came through at Southampton, and uh, I was very surprised that he went to you guys on loan in the Championship. Yeah. I always thought, I always thought he'd end up being Championship fodder. If I'm being honest, I always thought he'd end up being a Championship player, but he's he's really mm-hmm. stepped up, and um, he probably should have scored before Major tapped it in. Yeah, I've seen that shot just hit the post, and you know he looks really comfortable, and he looks really, he looks strong on the ball, and he he genuinely looks like he bosses a midfield, which is really good to see. And you know your midfield's looking really good at the moment with Harrison Reed and Zambo and Gisa, and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean Loftus Cheek was all right, wasn't he? I guess. I mean he's. I think. I think um, obviously because he, he, he had that injury, it's all about getting himself back up to full fitness. 
but yeah, I think I think there's definitely a player in there, but he's just he's been pretty pretty frustrating at been pretty frustrating at times, yeah. Uh go on yeah. Charlie. Yes, well he's he's coming back as Tom said, he's coming back from injury, but for me it's it's a thing of, if we're fighting to stay up in the Prem and we're almost near the end of the season, we need to start focusing on players that are doing it now rather than later. Yeah. So with Loftus-Cheek, it's more of a waiting game, really, which I feel like if, even if he goes back to Chelsea after we go down or if we stay up, because I don't see him sticking with us, to be honest, but I wouldn't mind if he goes back to Chelsea. But even then, I feel like he's just going to be a bench player at Chelsea because he's, I just, for now, I think for the le- even at our level, of being in a relegation battle, he's not cutting it for me in our midfield. As, mm. So I doubt yeah. if he's he would fit in a midfield at Chelsea over like Havertz and Kovacic. Yeah, he's. Um, I think Loftus Cheek has really. Conte. I think obviously he's not really fulfilled. He's not really fulfilled his potential, has he? And uh, no, because I've liked him actually when he was on on loan at Crystal Palace in the 1780 I think I think he played a bit because. At, at the start of that season, Palace went goalless. But I think he and I think Zaha, without disrespect, he and he, Zaha, and Milivojevic have all played a crucial part in them staying up. And obviously, yeah, because of those performances for Crystal Palace is what got him called up to the World Cup squad. And obviously, yeah. he, he had his goal nicked, to say the least, by uh, mm. Harry Kane, even though it was for his hat trick. And without that, he would never have. Uh, I don't think he would have he called the um was it the the most goals at a World Cup by an Englishman I think he got but he was the third yeah. obviously without that he would not have been the third Englishman to have scored a hat trick at a World Cup yeah. and obviously you know there is a player in Ruben Loftus Cheek and I I do I have liked him because even in the eighteen nineteen season under Maurizio Sarri at Chelsea in the Europa League he was outstanding. Yeah, he's probably Chelsea's best player until Eden Hazard played one game in the final and somehow got player of the tournament. Mm. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is definitely a great. There's a great player in him, but I just don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. Uh, are you confident? You're, think... Are you too confident that he'll stay? You'll stay up. I think we have a chance now. Obviously, the Tuesday game against Burnley was not ideal because. I mean, it's a point against a... a really soft. A really tough, solid team who you don't really give yeah. you a lot of chances. Yeah, I mean they frustrate. I mean Burnley are frustrating side. Not without disrespect, I think Burnley are one of the more without without saying that they're dirty. I think they can be a little bit frustrating to play against. But I think sometimes you're going to need that if you're you're going to need teams like that in the in the league. Say what you want about them, but again, yeah, I think. It, you're gonna need that. You're gonna need a team that that adds that extra bit of physicality and yeah, and make and a, a team that really makes you scared to go to uh to their place yeah. because Burnley, they you know you're leaving you're leaving with <laughs> you're leaving with cuts and bruises. You know they're yeah. a tough team, and uh, I like yeah, exactly. Burnley simply because of what they add to the Premier League. And, you know, all these top six fans on Twitter will try and, you know, criticise them because they're anti-football and all that. But I just think that, I think they belong in the Premier League because they add something and they give, they go against the norm. 
Mm. Yeah. See, and Sean Dice has done a fantastic job with them because because they're they're on a pretty. They're, I think they've got like the lowest budget in the amongst the lowest budgets in the league yeah. compared to majority of Premier League. And he's kept them up every single season, despite the fact that despite the fact that we've had so many people predicting for them to go down every season. Yeah. All credit where it's due. So Charlie, um, wanna, were, are you confident you'll stay up? Um, I wouldn't say I'm confident, but I wouldn't say I'm completely down and out. We're completely down and out. Mm. I'd say it really. If we get, we need to win at Sheff with against Sheffield United, like. There is no question about it. The bottom side in the league, they've got the worst attack in the league. If we cannot beat them, we cannot expect to stay in the league. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. We need a win. Yeah. And obviously, well, and I still, I'll, I'll still say this, right? Because I, I said this to you, Charlie. I like Sheffield United. They may be bottom of the league, and you know, but I still believe they're they're a pretty good team in a in a way. I still yeah. think that they've not got. For a team that's bottom, their defensive record isn't as bad as people make it out to be. Mm. Like, I think teams like Crystal Palace and I think Burnley, I don't know actually. I think it was Crystal Palace, mm. Newcastle and all that. They've conceded way more than uh, yeah. Sheffield United. Sheffield United, they're still a good team in them. Yeah, it's I their agree. And, and It's their attacking, it's their attack. They're not, they're not, they're not very good going mm. forward. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. they and lack they lack that that sort of edge they had last season. They sort of shit house really they had about them last season. Yeah, the overlapping centre backs they're still working, but they're not. The team's just not fully functioning. You know, yeah. and, they're not clinical enough. Yeah, and you know what? If if Sheffield United win the next two games, then who knows what can happen to them? Yeah. I think Newcastle losing to Chelsea's blown this relegation thing wide open now. It's yeah. giving you lot a bit of hope. And obviously, yeah, uh, talking of another relegation team, uh, West Brom got a really good point against Manchester United. That's a really good point. Although Man United should have probably won. I may sound extremely biased, but I think the goal that they scored West Brom should have been a disallowed. Enough. Why? Because if you look at how he scored the goal, he he puts his hand over McTominay's, well, not McTominay's, Lindelof's face, so he physically cannot see where the ball is, and he's shoving him out of the way mm. to head that in. Fair and there's enough. been many times in the past, especially in the Championship, which is supposed to be a more physical league, where Mitrovic has done the same thing, and the goals have been either disallowed or the refs immediately blown for a foul. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's going to be... It's gonna be you know, class is biased because they are relegation rivals. But I can see if that if that was us, then it would be disallowed. But I don't know. Yeah. Referees this year haven't been. Is it that too great? Is it too late for a West Brom resurgence? Do you do you not think West Brom could perhaps pull a bit of good form together because they've got Sam Allardyce? Anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I wouldn't completely write them off, but it's not looking great. But the thing is, I think. I think it's good. I think I will say I do like Sam, Sam Allardyce as a manager. I mean, it, I mean, you don't have to agree with what I'm saying when I say this, but 
look at the job he has jobs he has done by getting Bolton into the Premier League and and making them making them briefly. It was at the like expense that. of Preston, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, Bobby true. Zamora. But the thing is, Canal. I think the thing is with this with what Sam Allardyce has done is obviously he got Bolton Wanderers three. I think it was it three or four consecutive top half finishes in the Premier League before before they slowly went downhill. Yeah, and they then obviously didn't work out at Newcastle. Did all right at Blackburn and got and got was a complete. He was, was harshly sacked unlucky. at Blackburn. Yeah, because of the new owners, they they they, they, they sacked him and replaced him with Steve Keane. Yeah, yeah, and I think sacking Allardyce is what sent them down. Obviously, got West Ham up, kept them up there for a good few years. Yeah, kept Sunderland up in the fifteen sixteen season. And obviously he did yeah. pretty well with Crystal Palace before he went yeah, into, he did. and before he uh, he went and left them. Yeah. And then he went to Everton. Did all right. Did the job that he needed to do. He steadied the ship, yeah. but he got sacked purely because of the football he played. And yeah. I mean, when you hire Sam Allardyce, you know what you're getting. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I wouldn't complete. I wouldn't completely write him off, but I don't. I think it's. I think it's looking unlikely they'll stay up. Anyway, yeah, I've uh, I've had discussion with people, and they've said that he'll probably resign before just before they get confirm confirmation to keep his record intact, yeah. possibly. Yeah, that'll be a pretty shit out way to go out. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah that's football. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so obviously we'll just touch on the Villa Brighton game. Lewis's Lewis, who was on the podcast last week, he supports Villa. Uh, they drew nil nil with Brighton. What seems to be quite a dull game, but can we just? I, I just want to talk about one thing. Emmy Martinez, best keeper in the league, or what? He's a fantastic yeah. keeper. I think. I think he did well. Obviously, I didn't know that. Didn't think that prior to like, before last season, I didn't think he would make necessarily make the cut at Premier League level. But he has completely proven me wrong. I mean, because look at how well he's done at Arsenal at the end of. The 1920 season when Burnt Leno was out for the rest of the season. Yeah. I and mean, then I remember when he was he on loan on. at Reading and he wasn't particularly great, but oh, he wasn't particularly yeah. bad. I mean, yeah. he looked, I thought he was always destined for something in the championship, but again, yeah. he's another one of like I thought was going to be championship fodder, like Harrison Reed. But yeah. he's gone strength to strength. He's gone, he's gone, you know. He's wonderful. What a great keeper he is. Probably Argentina's best keeper by a mile. But they'll still end up playing that Armani guy who was not very good for them in the World Cup. And the Copper America. Oh, your connection's going a bit, Tom. Argentina just doesn't have a lot of good selection, really, when it comes to like the back, the back uh, part of the squad. Yeah. You know, the defence. You know, they've got, I mean, obviously, as you said the other day, up top they've got Dabala, they've got Aguero, Messi, obviously, one of the best players of all time. And then you look at the back, and it's just Tagli Afiko is the only name that comes to mind, really. Yeah, and, um, see, uh, Emmy Martinez. Emmy Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. Great keeper, probably the best. Probably, I wouldn't say the best, because I still, I still believe, despite his performances as of recently, Allison is still up there for me. 
I'd say Addison is a is probably joint first with him. Yeah, I'd say Addison this year is fourth dip. He's still there. Yeah, he's still up there. But I I, yeah. I believe Addison. I think Addison's probably been the best keeper in the league, in my opinion, this season. That or Emmy Martinez. Emmy Martinez and Edison have been the best this season for me. Anyway. Yeah, I'd Wait, go on. is one of the best for me personally. He's just for me, like I'd put him at number one. Team of the season so far, he'd be in there. Yeah, who who was that again? Because you cut out. Oh, sorry, uh, Emmy Martinez. Fair enough. Oh, I agree. Anyway, we're going to move on to something else now because we've touched all the football and uh, Abby's getting absolutely uh, bored of us. Which I don't know, actually. But anyway, we're going to move on to a um, a tweet that surfaced on the uh, on the timeline. Yeah. And uh, it's by an account called GetOnGab or Gab.com. Basically, yeah. ever since... America, you know, Republicans have not, let's say, haven't taken Joe Biden's victory too kindly. No, no, they haven't. <laughs> there is obviously Abby, uh, who's an American citizen. You know, she's over here for uni. You know, uh, how, like, just how well have the Republicans taken Joe Biden's victory? Well, um, coming from, you know, a Texan, you know, we've gotten a lot of reports of fraud in the voting system, and a lot of Republicans got upset about that, which is part of the reason why we had the January 6th Capitol riot. And it and it's it's kind of frustrating to um you know i imagine they're frustrated i mean they 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 wholeheartedly believe that this happened and then they went to court and they they filed like over 40 lawsuits and every single one of them was declined because no one could find any evidence so then hmm. they got even more pissed off so yeah they they weren't very happy um and from what I've seen in the same breath, they're blame they're blaming Biden for everything that's wrong, but they're also saying that he's not actually the president. So it's kind of confusing. Mm. Um, but yeah, it the numbers are scary when you look at it. Um, but yeah, no, the the Biden administration has ruffled a lot of feathers in the uh, Republican community, especially since he's reversed. Um, President Biden has reversed a lot of um, things that Trump originally put into the uh, into the um, into place during his presidency, like the ban of transgendered people in the military. Uh, Biden recently reversed that, and a bunch of other things that are really progressive. And he stuck to his word, and I'm proud of Biden for that. No matter what your beliefs are, he at least he followed through with his word. Anyways, he's still getting a lot of backlash for it. So yeah, it was not a good, um, it was not a good response. But yeah, because of this and a bunch of accusations about Facebook um, silencing Republican voices, 
um, which was just a claim. Um, what was actually happening is Facebook censors fake uh, claims. Like, they'll literally fact-check any, anything. And so they weren't very happy about that. So a couple of people have made, quote, free speech apps, social media apps. Um, and we, you've probably heard of some of them. One of them is called Parlay, uh, P-A-L-E-R. And then uh, there's, what is it, Gab is what it's called? Yeah, Get on Gab. And so... Yeah. Yeah, and they're made to, um, they're made to, um, uh, be, be free speech sites, basically, and so there's literally no moderation of these, and so people will say whatever they want and spread misinformation to whoever they want. Very tough when you've got obviously a, a president that's very very controversial and then yeah. it's their his supporters are very controversial and then yeah then definitely it, it almost seems like overnight that just completely disappears well not the supporters but that administration because obviously throughout election night it looked uh, it was for well it looked as though trump was going to get in for a second time it was then... very close, wasn't it? It was. It seemed very close to the start. Like, when Trump got Florida, despite everyone thinking Biden was going to get it, uh, it looked very close. But I think due... yeah. as soon as, as soon as, obviously, things with uh, what states won it? Was it Michigan? No, I don't know. Pennsylvania? Uh, was it Minnesota? No, it's, it wasn't Minnesota. But it was like, Pencil... it was Pennsylvania. It, it was the swing states. You know that really decided it, and then made it. Yeah, Michigan. You know, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Nevada. You know, yeah. all them swing states. They uh, they really decided it. You know, and uh, obviously Georgia was Democratic. Uh, then it. I think that turned a close contest into a, into an absolute. I wouldn't say landslide. Oh, a pretty well, comfortable victory. Well, basically, Georgia is a predominantly... Yeah, I mean, Georgia is one of the states was, was, that was part of the Confederacy. And 90% of the time, if your state was a part of the Confederacy, you're also a, a red state, uh, meaning that you voted Republican slash conservative. Well, the thing is, is that Florida is usually a swing state, but Georgia is not. And so it's quite surprising that Georgia, you know, ended up turning out blue, along with other traditionally red states. You know, the fact that Texas was looking blue at the very beginning was kind of shocking. But, um, yeah. I mean, Dallas no. was blue. Oh. Yeah, a lot of times metropolitan areas even in red states, turn out to be blue because we also measure the amount of votes in a county. So 90% yeah. of the time, big big uh, areas like Miami or Dallas or New York or anything like that will turn out to be blue even if the rest of the state is red. And that is evident in Texas. Um, another reason is uh, there, were, there are a lot of people who don't like Donald Trump. 
but there are also a lot of people who do. And so basically, everyone saw this as sort of a battle, if I'm being quite honest. And so Mm. that's why everyone showed up to the polls. Actually, let me change that. Republicans showed up to the polls. Democrats have a history of mailing in, and especially since if you're Democratic, you're more likely to take the COVID virus, yeah, yeah, COVID seriously, the coronavirus seriously, then you're way more likely to mail it in since you don't want to get COVID. So that resulted in a high amount of Democratic votes, a high amount of mail-in votes from the Democratic Party, plus a high turnout rate in the voting polls through um, through Republicans. And it, it just caused a lot of controversy because they're like, oh, you, it's easier to fake mail-in votes, it's easier, it's easier to do this, it's easier to do that, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, is that numbers have shown that this is actually one of the most authentic um, votes ever, you know, because of how many people voted in by mail. It's it's nearly impossible uh, to it, it's like really really near impossible to um, um, you know fake mail-in votes because uh, for those of you who don't know the American voting system is very fragile like to mail in a vote you have to get an official ballot from the from the United States government. And then you fill it out exactly how they ask you to do it, block letters, black ink pen, or blue ink pen, etc. And then you have to put it into like three different envelopes. The first one is like a legality envelope, the second is the ballot, and then the third is your mailing. So you can only take it out of the mailing uh, envelope, and then the ballot envelope is meant to remain untouched by the... Um, and, and if you do anything wrong, if you use a red pen, if you smudge your pen a little bit too much and the results are unclear, if this or that, if, 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 if there's even a slight tear in your ballot envelope, your ballot will be discarded. And so it, we're, it's very, very fragile and it's very, very, you know, precise to uh, vote in the U.S. Um, so... I personally believe that while the numbers are a bit strange, I don't think that that necessarily means fraud, because let's be honest, a lot of people didn't like Trump, even Republicans, even some Republicans don't like Trump. And so I genuinely believe that some people sacrifice their beliefs on things like abortion and immigration just to get Trump out of office. And you know what? I'm for it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, it was very it was a very controversial i mean it shouldn't really have been a controversial election but yeah but it turned out to be very controversial and now it's um yeah. let's... what else is controversial go on uh this tweet from get on gab it, get on uh... gab which we are going to move on to let's just well, say here we go if you use wikipedia you are a homosexual if you have you ever transferred money using paypal you are a liberal, you dirty, dirty liberal. You are a homosexual liberal. Oh my God. If you use YouTube, oh no. despite the fact Call of Duty videos can lead you to Ben Shapiro videos, you are still a homosexual liberal. And you and don't you care about God. God. And you don't care about family. 
You don't care about the USA. You don't care about the nation. You don't care about free speech. And you only... And you believe that there are more than two genders. Ever used Facebook? Wow. You know, a site that's mainly dominated by right-wing, you know, conservatives? Yeah. You are a homosexual liberal. How dare you? <laughs> you, you? You use Apple. Also, you use Apple. Guess what? You're a homosexual liberal. Right. Wow. Oh damn. Basically, this I will say show. watching the syndicate, watching syndicate get to around a hundred on Kino did make me uh, have questions about God and the USA as well. <laughs> I know. I watched. I watched Mr. Dalek JD, and and I, I thought, you know what? You know what? Maybe climate change isn't real. Do you know what I mean? You know. You know, is yeah. is climate change a real thing? You know, I even I even watched. You know, I even <clears throat> I was playing through the Call of Duty Cold War campaign, and all of a sudden, you know, I was searching up for things about the Cold War on Wikipedia. Next thing you know, I was thinking whether you know gay rights should be a thing. You know what I mean? And I was wondering if. Uh, if I was, I was questioning my own sexuality. Anyway, let me just, you, you're probably thinking, uh, what the fuck are we on about? Basically, there's this picture by Get On Gab, a, as Abby said, a new social media site made by, I'm gonna burp again, fucking hell. Made by, <laughs> made by, uh, basically Trumpies. Um, basically, yep. it's a kid sitting, it's, it's, it's kids sitting at a desk. This one, this kid sitting at a desk, and the uh. It's your kid, by the way. Huh? It's your kid, by the way. Yeah, no, it's, it clearly it, says it's your kid. This is your kid. You may have not had a kid, but it's your kid. Yeah. This is my kid. Yeah. This is Charlie's kid. This is this Tom's is kid. Yeah. This is God's kid, right? This is Abby's kid, and we've we've not even had a child, right? Yeah. It's him sitting at a desk with all this uh. These wiring and tubes going into him. And uh, he's watching something through an Apple phone. I've just noticed that. And basically, it's it's saying right. PayPal, Google, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Wikipedia, Facebook, Apple, all feed to a home into a homosexual liberal agenda that forces people to be liberal and homosexual, and also thinks. And also forces you to think that God, family, USA, nation, free speech, and the fact that there are only two genders are all wrong things to think. I mean, I'm not going to get onto the two genders thing because I think it's pretty much proven that there's more than two. But that's that's onto another. That's not what gonna, not what we're going to discuss. We're going to laugh at how stupid Trumpies are. Because I have never watched a YouTube video and thought, you know what, I think I like men. You know, yeah. I've never gone, you know what, mum? I was watching, uh, I was watching Syndicate and he reached 115 and I just thought, you know what, what would his knob taste yeah. like? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't just, understand. Just me, Jack's girlfriend, listening to this stuff. 
Yeah, Abby, Abby, Abby's Abby. getting uh, questions uh, in her head. You know, you know, Abby, have you never watched a YouTube video and thought, hmm, maybe I like women? Perhaps. Right, I'll cut that out. I will say Pin Interest did, did make me uh, question God and free speech. As I looked at all the uh, things on the... Oh, do you know what? That's a fun fact. I've never actually used Pin Interest. I have. I had, to use it. I had to use it in graphics design once. I wanted to. I mean, it. There's a fucking cat in my room. Oh, cute. What is Pinterest? Like, Pinterest. What's like? It's basically just online mood boards where people put their work on mm. and you know give you inspiration and that. Um, yeah. my mom, my mom, my mom uses it for um nail art, hairstyling, and recipes. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it, I mean, it was useful for me in graphics. It helped me get a lot of work done. But I've, uh, I've never used it and thought, you know what? You know what? Maybe, you know what? I don't know what I was going to say. But I've never used Pinterest and thought, you know what? Maybe progressiveness is the right thing for everyone. And, you know... It's, it's, you know, and we should eat the rich, even though Pinterest is literally owned by rich people. Like, all these websites that are on the fucking picture are, o are owned by rich people. And, you know, a liberal, yeah. quite a liberal thing to think is you've got to eat the rich. And I think this, it's, it's a massive contradiction. And uh, you know what they said? They said underneath it, "This is fine." You know what? If this is fine to them, then let it be fine. Do you know what I have noticed? That's even a bigger contradiction. I didn't see this or, or uh, clock this the first time. Go on. You know where under wrong think it says, you know, you know, your God, your family, your, you know, you're all, you, the new, normal things you hate. Yeah. Uh, free speech is this is just one of the things that is wrong. Yeah. Uh, the tweet has replies disabled. Exactly. The replies were disabled on a thing yeah. made by Trumpies who was trying to say that liberals think free speech is a bad thing, yet they've muted the fucking yeah. comments. And then we left quote, and you know what, the that... quote tweets are absolutely amazing. So yeah, the moral of that, that story... Link ladies and gentlemen, is what I call a suppression of... And the moral of that story is that Trumpies are fucking yeah. stupid. I mean, I use an iPhone, so... Am oh, I... You fucking communist. Ah, uh, you communist using iPhones. Have you, have you used PayPal? Exactly, yeah, so you... There you go. I've used PayPal, that must be, and I'm a communist. Anyway, we've got to move on to something else. Yeah. Because I'm going to lose brain cells just by looking at it. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the next topic. Uh, you know, we all have things that piss us off. Yeah. Right. You know, whether that's the person in the corner shop who uh, orders about 20,000 lottery tickets or scratch cards. Whether it's the bus driver just skipping past you on a Monday morning. Yeah. 
Potter. <laughs> or whether it's Mike Dean and uh, him trying to be centre of tension in a football match. Yeah. Or whether, you know, or whether you've just uh, rattled a fan base on Twitter and they search up your Facebook and all that. Anyway, <clears throat> me, I, 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 I was that person who was who ran a fan base. Anyway. Yeah, same. A new film has released by the uh, yeah. singer-songwriter from Australia. See ya. Right. A new film called Music. It's, it's been labelled by The Telegraph as one of the most offensive movies ever. And that it is inspirational porn. Um, and as well as... Um, getting more hate than cats it now has um a worse uh tomato meter than cats which we all deemed was the worst movie you know but now now apparently there's a new one that's the worst <laughs> yep music is a film released by Sia, i think last week yeah last week and um basically uh it was as Abby said, it's now been labelled as one of the most offensive movies ever to have been released. And I believe this highlights problems in society and in the film industry that the yeah. representation of neurodivergent and disabled people is still a massive issue. Uh, music, it takes us through a journey of a neurodivergent girl called uh, Music. She's she's autistic. Um, presume it, it's wait. She's just, called music. She's called music. Wow, that's just lazy writing at its finest. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, judging by the film, she's got severe autism, which is something my sister has, and I don't know if anyone listening yeah. knows, but I have Asperger's autism, and so and uh, if you know, this hit this hit something in me that. It really pissed me off. Yeah. And before anyone says, before Jack, have you watched the film? No. So why are you going to judge it? Because I fucking can, and I've seen clips of it, and I've seen people break this movie down and put the scenes on, and it's, oh my God. I've seen enough. I right. don't want to support this movie. I don't want to give Sia or the production company my money. I don't want to give this my support, my money, or even my fucking time, but I'm going to rant about it. Basically. So, I think, first off, we need to uh, discuss the synopsis or the, um, the, 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 point, the plot point of the movie. So, basically, um, Music, who is played by Maddie Zelger, a neurotypical actress, which basically means that she doesn't have autism, um, she, um, her, the, the, uh, sorry. <laughs> so the main point of the mm. movie, uh, is that music played by Maddie Zelger, her grandmother dies and then her half sister, Zoo, that's Z-U, um, is a quote, newly sober, um, is quote newly sober and is a 
and is supposed to overtake role as caretaker. But surprise, surprise, she doesn't know how to take care of an autistic person. So she gets help from her friend who is played by Leslie Odom Jr. And basically it's see it describes it as a love letter to the autistic community that it's meant to involve Sia's two favorite um two favorite themes bringing people together and family and whatnot you know that long story short the main point of this movie is supposed to be a light-hearted lovely film about autistic people and you know the love of family etc but it does not come off that way at all the opening scene is um, Maddie Zelger with large braided ear defenders um, and darkened skin. Um, and uh, yeah, and basically just doing very caricature type autistic movements like tucking the lip above, you know, tucking her lip above her teeth. Um, you know, move, twitching her fingers, jerking her head, etc. Jack will talk a bit more about this. Basically, right, uh, the thing is about this movie that's really pissed me off. There are a few things about this movie that's really pissed me off. Uh, basically, I, obviously, Abby's gone over the main plot. Obviously, that's great. And Maddie Zegler, um, Maddie Zegler, Ziegler, Zegler, whatever, um, I feel a little bit sorry for her because she supposedly felt really uncomfortable playing the role and didn't yeah. really want to make fun of people. She felt like she was making fun of people, and you know, and that make that gives me and I get I have a little bit of sympathy for her. But what I don't like about uh, this movie is the fact that they did originally hire an autistic actress. And uh, they f to play music, and they fired her because she found the film set, and I quote, too stressful and unpleasant. And oh. the fact that you are firing someone who's autistic for finding the set, too stressful and unpleasant, because, you know, that is literally what happens to an autistic person when there's something called sensory overload, right? The fact that they fired her for that is a massive fuck you to the autistic community. It literally undermines us. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's basically discrimination. It basically discriminates us because of our characteristics yeah. and, our, and our, and I quote, flaws. It undermines us as people and it actually just shows a lack of research and empathy uh, yeah. from the production team. I will say that, granted, not all autistic people are the same, but we do all share traits and characteristics in one way or another. Yeah. For me, it's being socially anxious. It's having breakdowns. It's having, um, you know, being in my own world, being very introverted. There are more, but in, in April, if this podcast does go until April, we will have a special episode dedicated to autism awareness. Which, you know, we're revealing that early. But. Spoiler. Yeah. But my point is if you're going to hire an autistic actress, but 
not do your fucking research, then you might as well not hire them. Yeah. But if you're going to hire an autistic actress, autistic actress, do your research. Do do thorough research on how you can make the set nice for them, how you can help them, you know, embed it, embed them into the set. Get it, like, exactly. Try and prevent them having meltdowns and feeling claustrophobic and uh, introverted. Help them make make them feel comfortable. Exactly. You got. You can't. You can't just hire an autistic actress, and you can't hire an autistic actress and not do your research and then fire them for things that Ridiculous, they right. can't deal with, because something they can't help because of the because of their. I'm not going to say condition, neurodivergency. I'm guessing is that a word? Mm. That I'm going to say that because they're neurodivergent. Yeah. It basically undoes anything about the fact that this movie tries to be inclusive. Also, what doesn't help is the fact that Sia did gain criticism on this movie. And she was told exactly how hurtful this movie could possibly be. And she responded very illy. Like, very... In a real, real weird way. She... She started attacking people. They're like, uh, someone said on Twitter, I am an autistic actress. I have a hard time finding jobs. The fact that you um, instead decided to hire someone who is uh, neurotypical instead of someone who is neurodivergent is really hurtful and it prevents people like me trying to get a job. Sia said, and I quote, maybe you're just a bad actor. Wow. Fucking hell. I didn't know that. that. Makes my, anyway. That makes my really is does. the point of the movie itself, is it to spread awareness, or is it literally just been made to like gain a, in, like a different perspective of someone? Right. It's, meant to, it's meant to be, and she said, it's meant to be a love letter to the autistic community. And by the way, there's so much more. She said that she, she quote, constantly had two autistic people advising her about it at all times, yet in interviews, she she's just said a lot of hurtful things overall. Yeah, the, the fact that we're magical people who have powers, or was it something like that? We're not the fucking X-Men. Exactly, yeah. like, I've, oh my god, I've just seen the tweet. You don't have the force either. Oh my god. No. Oh, yeah. fucking hell, I've just seen the tweet. Anyway, um, she was like the fact that she calls us magical people. I've never once thought, you know, I've never what I don't have telekinesis here. I don't have the, the ability to read minds. I, I, we're not the fucking X Men, like Charlie said. Like, what do you mean? No, Hogwarts Monday to Friday. Exactly. I've got a fucking owl that delivers me fucking mail. So, if I'm going to be honest real quick, this is kind of controversial, even more controversial than the movie, maybe. I genuinely believe that there wasn't a neurodivergent actress to begin with. I think that Maddie Zelger, who has a literal contract with Sia, 
and she's played all of Sia's characters since Maddie Zelger was like 12 um, in her music videos. Um, I believe that she had a contract and that Sia really wasn't going to intend to hire anyone else besides Maddie Zelger, which would make sense, honestly. It kind of makes sense to me because she has like this obsession with Maddie Zelger. But that's also another reason why I don't believe Maddie Zelger is the person who should be under fire. She was scared. She was terrified. She she would cry and break down on set saying, I feel like I'm making fun of people. I feel like this is not right. But literally, at 14, 15 years old, when everyone else around you, all the adults in your life are saying, no, 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 sweetheart, you're doing completely fine. Everything's okay. Then you obviously keep going because everyone else is expecting you to keep going. Uh, yeah. It makes you easy to sway in a yeah, this is why I don't. This is why I have a bit of sympathy for her because obviously, if she ref- if she turns down the opportunity to do this movie because you know of her morals, she has morals. It's quite clear to see that she has morals and she has empathy and she has knowledge. Mm. That the fact that she turns this opportunity from Sia, she probably never, she'll probably never get to work with Sia again. And she's worked with her since 12 years old, I'm guessing. Because she's been in her music videos, like Elastic Hearts and... She was a chandelier. Yeah. Basically, though, uh, I'm just going to get into the nitty-gritty stuff about the movie. Like, the details. There's a scene, like Abby said, where she's wearing earmuffs. Uh, and uh, there's one scene in particular where... Everything's bright and colourful and noisy, right? Is it the opening scene? The opening scene is very bright, colourful, loads of noise. It's it's like a it's like a dancing sequence. Um, the one thing I have the the, the problem I have with that with is I'm looking at it right now. It's it's. Is it flashing? Uh, the strobing lights and all that. Um, like I said before, autistic people tend to suffer from sensory overload. That is literally what you should not do. If you're going to make a film about autistic people, I mean, don't make everything black and white. Have a bit of colour yeah. in there, but don't make everything exaggerated. Don't make it too vibrant don't make it too noisy yeah. it's yeah, exactly. it, it's called sensory overload and i suffer from it it's sometimes you just can't cope with it and no wonder why this actress who was the, the autistic actress who was supposedly meant to play music found the set too hard to be on <sighs> and uh, i also want to talk about the exaggerated sort of characteristics the mouth gurning, the self-harm, the meltdowns. Although, yes, oh, and the finger twitching and obsessive blinking. Um, yes, these are characteristics, but the way they were done in this movie, they were so over-exaggerated. I have an autistic, autistic sister who, severe, who suffers from, not suffers, who has severe autism. Not... And I'm not. I'm not going to say that she's. I speak for like she speaks for the rest of the community because 
I know every autistic person is different from the other. And I feel like that's a point there. Not all the autistic people have this exaggerated mouth gurn and all that. And uh, uh, it's just... It, these characteristics, they were just so over-exaggerated. And it makes me feel uncomfortable. It made people feel uncomfortable. And um, it's... Oh, fucking hell, man. I guess, like, in that case, the movie itself, it just comes across as really out of touch because it's meant to, yeah. especially, like, if you're watching it from that perspective, it's like, the movie's de depicting you, what it's what it believes you to be. So when you're watching it on a screen made by someone that doesn't have that experience, that he's even neglectful to people that do have that experience, you're going to watch something that's very insufferable and very just uncomfortable to watch especially when they try and like capture that like you know that that typical like stereotypical like tendencies that these people have yeah and it's just like it's I, I guess you could say it's cringe really it is cringe like... i felt secondhand embarrassment and so did this daily mail journalist who i was reading yeah. the review on this is the one thing daily mail got right <laughs> believe me uh you know, obviously, as I said, it makes me feel uncomfortable. It, it, I feel dehumanized watching it, and I feel like there's a also, there was like, a lack of research. Yeah, go on. Anyway, uh, I thought you were going to speak, but anyway, uh, I thought it was a harmful representation, which can lead yeah. to misinformation, and these exaggerated characteristics are usually used by people to make fun of us and other disabled people it yeah. just feels like it's a it just felt like a vehicle of mm. hatred and i felt i felt like i've sort of been picked on in a way yeah. anyway the meltdowns there's two scenes in particular there where music has a meltdown and this is where a lack of research comes. There are three meltdown scenes. Well, I found two. I'm talking about the two meltdown scenes here. And uh, the Guardian's approach to this, the Guardian's approach in the movie to this was genuinely horrible to watch. One scene, she gets carried over a man's shoulder. Again, signifies that she's some sort of burden. And, you know, that only makes the situation worse. But that is not even the worst bit. There is a scene where she has a meltdown in public and Zoo, the Guardian, pins music to the floor. Okay, fine. You can pin an autistic person to the floor. That, that's alright. That may calm them down. Obviously, it doesn't work on everyone. But the way she did it, she made, she made music look face down to the floor and led on top of her. Wow. This is a dangerous method and should never ever be used because this has literally caused countless deaths in America, this method. It's oh, lethal yeah. and it can cause asphyxiation. Basically, you can't breathe. It was oh, genuinely God. harrowing to watch. The only explanation for the scene I, I could think of was that the Guardians were not informed. But then again, why would you adopt someone without any knowledge? And the fact that there's been no 
sort of explanation and no sort of and it was supposedly was removed it? from it was supposedly removed but it was never removed actually wait abby wants to talk so basically they actually did make it seem in the movie that i i i watched the restraint scenes and i gave feedback to jack about what i was you know one of the meltdowns was literally caused by her getting stung on the hand you know by by a bee you know like sensory overload yeah basically and i don't know they made they made it seem like she was you know i mean i spoke sorry uh, i'm having a hard time getting my words out but yeah basically they shouldn't have acted like they knew what they were doing because in the film you get the sense that the actor the um the person that leslie odom jr plays is someone who knows what he's talking about and he's actually the one who's told zoo to actually do that method because he did it earlier in the movie and the, see the thing is is that sia claims that she was going to take it out of the movie but the thing is is that there's three she of lied. them yeah she lies she, they they were still yeah. in the movie that people were still able to access them and Sia said, music in no way condones or recommends the use of restraint on autistic people. Well, then don't show that that's the only option when someone's having a meltdown, an autistic meltdown. Because, you know, I'm someone who has been living for several, several months with Jack. And so I've seen his older sister and I've seen her meltdowns and all of that. Never, ever have I ever seen or heard Maz, Jack's mom, to tell me or even Maz to do so to lay on Hazel when she's having a meltdown, you know, because that isn't an efficient way. You don't do that. You only ever even consider it if they're a huge danger to themselves or other people. And honestly, what I saw in the movie was just a classic meltdown, was just sensory overload, was just things being a little bit difficult at that point in time. So they need to express their emotions in a different way than neurotypical people. And the fact is, is that that's all it was. It In, in the movie, music was not a danger to herself or others. Sure, she was hitting her head. But everyone who knows autistic people knows that that can be something that, you know, de-stresses them, uh, physical stimuli as well. And while music may have been hitting herself in the head, she was not harming herself. And I feel like that's an... Sorry, I feel like that that's an important distinction to make. Yeah, and um, uh, I've got some statistics from the restraint thing, and uh, apparently, obviously, more than a hundred thousand in the U.S. were restrained or secluded in schools in seventeen eighteen, two thousand seventeen eighteen school year. Hundred over a hundred thousand people were restrained or secluded. Seventy eight percent of them were disabled, and um, obviously, it's led to countless deaths. And these statistics are from ProPublica. Uh, found, I found these on The Mighty, which is a news uh, website. Obviously, this shows a lack of information. 
an education on that neurodivergent people and it shows that there's still a problem with information and representation of autistic and neurodivergent people we need to help we need to start educating neurotypical people and neurodivergent people yeah. uh, so i want people listening to this i want people on uh, you know listening to this please go and read up on autism and i recommend using autism the national autistic society or autism society who will give facts and help anyone who is looking to educate themselves on autism yeah sia has also worked for has worked with autism speaks an autism and awareness organization who have caused controversy because they think yeah. there's a cure for autism the fact that they assigned a high priority to do research into whether vaccines caused autism as well, and the fact that they compared autistic children one time to missing children. They just... What? Yeah. This was one what? of their fucking... I found this I found this in an article on the Forbes, so... And the... They just, in general, just dehumanise autistic people and you know it, it just shows that we're, it's still a massive problem in society that people don't fucking know shit about us yeah. my mum right has had to deal with me and my sister right but how she's done this she's educated herself she's she's um she she loved the challenge of having neurodivergent kids so she's adapted and she's educated herself and she's been nothing but a good mother to us. She's been a caring and loving yeah. mother to us. And so has my dad as well. Do you want to know why? It It's literally because they treat you like human fucking beings. They treat you simply as they're a human who has a disability. Just like blindness. Just like um, not having like a physical disability or anything like that they've treat they've treated you no differently than your other siblings who are neurodivergent it's neurotypical, neurotypical sorry um they've treated you no differently than your siblings who are neurotypical and they've treated you like human beings hum human beings which is not portrayed at all in the movie at all you make it they make it seem like music is somewhat other being or almost pet project for um for zoo or something it's just it's it never sat right with me and when i told jack about it he was in utter disbelief just like y'all are yeah and um on to autism speaks they've they've i will give them credit where it's true because they've since changed their stance on whether there's a cure for autism and the fact that vaccines cause it they've changed their stance on that but still that leaves a massive distaste in my mouth that the fact they still thought like that and i will never ever let autism speaks speak for me and i will link an article by for by a journalist from the forbes in the description of the YouTube edition of the podcast, where you can read up on a why autism speaks should not speak for any autistic person at all. Anyway, I just want to say that I feel sorry for Maddie Ziegler, obviously to be put in that situation where she would even feel comfortable doing the the uh, the role 
and the fact that she um she had she couldn't really sacrifice her job to work with Sia because she has morals and she has empathy. But anyway, I feel bad for her, but I will not go, I'm not going to bother watching this movie. I've seen too many clips. I find it harrowing and I'm, I it's very tone deaf. And it won't take my money at all. And it shouldn't take yours either. The, the funniest thing to me, honestly, is the fact that C kept saying, oh, I had autistic people tell me that this was okay. I had this, I had that, I had Autism Speaks helping me out for the past four years. Is how long this movie was in development. Also, $16 million was put into this film. Yet, it's extremely tone deaf. It's extremely misrepresented. It is just the opposite of what Sia made it out to be. And I don't understand how how you can go that how you can go that wrong when you claim to have autistic people and other neurodivergent not only in the film but also at your side helping you out i don't understand how you can mess up that yeah and um if 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 you watch it if you're looking for anything about autistic people to watch i recommend atypical on netflix they have autistic writers producers and the, I mean, the actor himself isn't autistic, but he, they play, he plays the part well, and that's a good representation of autistic people in society. Many so watch Atypical on Netflix. Yeah, many autistic people have spoken out about Atypical, and they have said while they regret the writer's choices about casting a neuro uh, a neurotypical person as the lead actor they do recognize that this is an extremely helpful um, TV show. Like, it, it, like, many, many people have commemorated it on how amazingly it, um, it helps people, how amazingly it represents true neurodivergent people and real issues such as massive dynamics uh, family dynamic changes um and even even jack's mom uh maz she she's even said how awesome the tv show is and how it represents exactly how um neurotyp i mean sorry neurodivergent people are see so, yeah, a atypical on netflix it's on netflix so give that a watch anyway yeah so I mean, I'm still going to listen to Sia's music because I can separate the art from the artists, but I mean, I'm not going to bother watching that movie. So, yeah, how what do you what do you two think? Because this is pretty much your first time hearing it in detail. Yeah, well, I only knew briefly about it, like very briefly. I, I knew that it was, there was controversy in it. I'm not sure to the extent. And yeah. obviously now I know almost the full story. It's it's pretty damning. Yeah, I agree. The fact that I had to put myself through watching some of these films, some of the, of the movies, scenes, it's... I don't, I, I never felt comfortable, I'm eating right now. But... Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, but besides that, obviously, on Rotten Tomatoes, if you're getting less than cats, then you've got to be doing something very wrong. And the, I, I think the way Sierra's handled it as well has been truly horrible. Uh, they're, um, it's a, it's a victim of its, like, own, well, purpose, really. It's trying to be something that it's not. Not. Mm. It's, 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 instead it's doing the exact opposite. <laughs> if anything, well, if anything, it's brought them together. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, um, the autistic community have spoken about this film. They don't like it. And the fact that Sia keeps yeah, shooting down, awesome. the fact that Sia keeps shooting down these criticisms and not handling it well, no. shows she's very tone deaf and not educated. Anyway, we're going to move on now to something a little bit more positive. Something Ooh. that happened to me uh, over just over two, uh, I'd say two hours ago. I probably just say yeah. probably just two hours ago. Preston North End player. Greg Cunningham has a uh, not only is he an absolutely beautiful, wonderful human being uh, from for scoring against Blackburn, the man has just come forward and supplied me with an interview uh, for my uni oh. project, which is um, I've been struggling, which it's just unbelievable. I've been struggling to find an interview for my uni project for a few weeks. I've I've emailed fucking loads of people in the past three to four weeks, and the fact that Charlie, Eddie, all you like all my mates tagged him and helped him respond, you know. Ugh, I can't I can't thank you guys enough. But right, seriously, thank you so much. Like this has saved my ass. Um, but yeah. Uh, what a, what a wonderful man he is. I can't thank him enough. And there's a reason he's one of my favourite North End players. And I'm so thankful for him. So basically, this project I have to do, I have to interview a sports person and get a hard news story from it. And um, the fact that I managed to get Greg Cunningham, a recent new signing from North End, and the man that just recently scored against Blackburn. <laughs> I'm honestly so ecstatic. I can't wait to do this interview. I really can't wait to do it. Don't blame you, mate. Oh, I'm buzzing. I'm, I mean, my leg's shaking, but that's mainly excitement. But I can't wait for it. I mean, I'll, I'll talk more next week about the, uh, the interview with him. I'm not gonna post any of the interview yeah. anywhere. I mean, I'm, I am going to be recording it as evidence for my uni, but the fact that. But, um, you know, I will talk about it, about how he was, how he, you know, what I asked him and that. You know, he's, he's, truly a, he's truly a gentleman, and I can't thank him enough for doing this for me. He's really sorted me out. And, you know, it just shows that, you know, what a, what a wonderful man he is. Yeah. Things are moving in the right direction at the moment. I mean, obviously, we're only in our second episode of this, so... Like you said at the beginning, like the reception to that's been great, and now obviously you've got the interview of Greg Cunningham. I guess uh, it's been a pretty uh, eventful couple of weeks. Yeah, this week off has been. I mean, it's been stressful. 
because I've been trying to find an interview, but it's paying off. It's paying off, and I've got still got a shit ton of schoolwork yet to do. But you know what? This has been incredible for me. It's really got a lot of pressure off my shoulders. Um, I'm going to make sure this is the best interview I've ever done. And this is like my first ever big major interview. Like. I mean, I've interviewed Reese, another podcast host, who should have been on here today, but he, sadly he's not. Like, I've interviewed him. He'll always be my first, but Greg Cunningham's going to be my first ever major one. And, you know, as a jur- as a practicing journalist, that is unbelievable. It's big. It's big. It's big. We're talking of North End player who played in the Premier League, who's played for Ireland. You know, this this is an international as well. Like, I can't wait to do this. I can't wait for it to begin. And I just want to thank Craig Cunningham for allowing me the opportunity. Because it's not happened yet, but we're still... We're, we're, we're gonna do it. We're gonna talk to each. We're we're currently discussing it in DMs about when we're gonna do it. What's gonna be the the uh, what's the premises of it and all that. And you know what? I can't thank you enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You more than deserve that that opportunity. I mean, I've been doing journalism for the past. I've been practicing journalism since twenty seventeen. No, twenty eighteen when I first got into college. And I'm now doing it at uni. I mean, I've really stepped up my level since I started doing it, especially when I first started uni. Yeah. This is my first big interview, and I can't wait to do it. I really cannot wait to do it. What a man. What a man he is. Yeah. I don't mean to brag, but, like, I can brag about this because it's something huge for me. It's a good thing. It's a feel-good story. And, uh, you know. Yeah. He's a he's a hero. He's an absolute hero for us. Oh. Anyway, that's something to end on a bit more of a positive note. Does anyone have anything hey. else? Are we all uh, looking forward to this weekend's football? Uh. Um, Who Fulham got? Sheffield United. Sheffield United. I'm trying to see who we've got. We've got Cardiff City next. This weekend. Yeah, I if, think if we win this weekend, we have a chance to stay up. But if not, then I'm fearing the worst again. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, we've got Cardiff City, a very good side at the moment. With Mick McCarthy as the manager, I don't know if I'm confident. I don't know if we're confident. But anyway, this is where we're going to end the podcast. It's yeah, been an hour and a half. But yeah, anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A little bit hard-hitting in terms of topics. Uh, but don't worry, we'll make up next week. We'll make sure that next week's a little bit more light-hearted. Uh, Charlie just wants to say something. Yeah, uh, thanks for uh, listening. Obviously, it's yeah. been uh, not the most consistent on my end. I do have some connectivity issues that I'm trying to solve, but eventually hopefully for hopefully by next week i should have that all sorted and yeah so yeah anyway thank you for
for listening. Next week's episode should be a little bit more light-eyed, and uh, hopefully we have something lined up, probably, but uh, yeah. Twitter personality. Twitter personality, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Yeah, see you next week. <laughs>